Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Anthony Russo specializes in the message of change through positive action. He is a lifetime entrepreneur that has seen success in businesses small and large, including a business with seven-figure yearly revenues on a company he founded with no capital, zero funding, and only one client. I certainly hope we hear a little bit about that today. Anthony has been an MC and host for events all over the country, large and small, with experience in stadiums where he has been, for example, the voice for over 75,000 fans. He is the Jumbotron host for most of the major NCAA championships and assists as a host of charity events all over the country. Anthony is a motivational speaker who helps audiences take their failures and turn them into positives. And in 2016, he started a social movement company called Hashtag Be The Change, where he spreads his own message and many other messages preaching the message of positive and taking action to make the world a better place. Hello, Anthony. What's going on, Ed? How you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I took a stab at introducing you, but would love if you could tell us a little bit more about you know, what you're doing and how you're interacting with the marketplace today. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't know who you introduced, but he sounds awesome. That was, that was pretty <laughs> No, you did a great job. That's that's pretty much the gist. I, uh, I, I've turned my passion to something called Hashtag Be The Change. Again, started that about four years ago. Uh, as you said, I've been the on-field host, College World Series for the last decade, essentially. Uh, any of the any of the major NCAA championships, been in front of a ton of people and gotten to hype up crowds, and now I get to actually motivate them to create change. So hashtag Be the Change is uh, is the company that I, I spend the bulk of my time on right now. You could find us at hashtag spelled out. So hashtag Be the Change dot com. Also on Facebook is where the predominance of our uh, our following is, and it's just be the change USA. Find us on there, and and that's the messaging that I that I've been putting out, which is again positive messaging. We actually say action over awareness, and me as a motivational speaker, I speak actually on overcoming failure uh, with something called the Double Down Strategy, and my my personal speaking website is doubledownstrategy.com. Again, that's all about being able to take risks, overcome the failures that come from risk, and the positivity behind uh, that kind of action. Well, risk is a significant topic in the world at bravery, uh, you know, the world of bravery at work, because folks oftentimes don't want to take risk in an effort to be brave at work. And I also love your message of 
action over awareness as we work with clients to help them be more effective. It's figuring out, you know, how do I take creative messages? How do I take creative ideas and convert them into action? Most people love ideas and love things that they're hearing, but converting it to action and actually doing it is where most people drop the ball. Is that what you experience in your work? Yeah, absolutely. And and especially, yeah, when we're talking directly about risks, and it's funny, the message of be the change and doubling down and overcoming failure, are they can be one and the same, just depending on how you are, are spinning that message. But Without risk, there is no reward. That's not a. That's not just a catchy phrase. It's the the greatest risk people can take is to not try something, to not actually take that risk. Because when you look back at life, regrets are the the greatest failure uh, that that somebody can have. So yeah, we, I see that all the time. People are the, the bravery behind giving something a shot that is out of someone's comfort zone is a change, complete game changer in life. The and when looking back, that is how you how you define who you are. Well, we could talk for hours on that particular topic, but I do want to hear a little bit more. You know, what are some of the outcomes or, you know, what does hashtag be the change do? If a yeah. person like myself was ex- curious about it or wanted to know how I could benefit from it, what does it do in, in the marketplace? So it's it's, it's evolved. Uh, and as with anything, anything has evolved in 2020. But I started in 2016, as you mentioned, it, ha- it started because of the police shooting in Dallas, Texas. I owned a successful business at the time. It was a, a promotional staffing company that I know we'll, we'll touch on a little bit uh, shortly. But I saw what happened. I lived a mile away from the police shootings where there was uh, a protest going on against the police. And then the police were protesting the people protesting against them. And then there was five of, of the police police officers that were sniped or killed uh, in that event. And I started looking around and realized there's something missing. Uh, as a society, there was just this drastic... Uh, we just we love to yell. We love to scream at the top of our lungs without actually taking action. And I realized there were so many things we could be doing as humans to be good to each other and to actually create that positive change above and beyond just basic protests. And we are just missing the mark. So I started in 2016. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I, I obviously used the slogan from Gandhi, and then I started looking at um, at how to trademark the idea. What was I going to do? Was I making t-shirts? I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I just knew that I loved the phrase. I was making some commentary, some positive commentary on my social media and see where it would go from there. Fast forward to 2020, there's no better business. Uh, I guess socially responsible business to have in 2020 than hashtag be the change in a year that God knows what's happened. <laughs> so uh, th- the way that we've we've changed this year to get involved is we've actually partnered with some charities. One of those is uh, uh, Regular Hero. The other is uh, Streetlights Unity Movement, which is a new charity. And the whole concept is just getting involved. And we've got these Facebook groups all over the country called Streetlights Groups. And essentially the concept Streetlights is like being a light in the darkness. And right now there's a lot of darkness. So um ultimately to get involved those groups are it right now we're we're building we're building some back end in terms of finances but being able to just say to yourself you don't need a even you don't need a facebook group you don't need to look to your politicians you don't need to wait for superman to save the world around you when we actually are our own superman we have the power to be the change so when you want to look to do something i, I always say if you've got 3 hours that you spend a week complaining about everything going on in the world but you don't do any volunteer work you could spend those three hours to look to see what you would have been complaining about and see if you could have a direct effect on those needs and and, and look it up online. Find a way to do something locally. Find a way to actually create change. Self-responsibility. 
Well, your uh, attention to and efforts around social responsibility are significant. I don't know if enough people thank you, but I will thank you for all of the effort and time and focus that you're putting forth on that topic. The other area of interest to our listeners, I think, uh, is the fact that as a motivational speaker and certainly somebody who speaks to audiences and fans through the NCAA, is getting up in front of that many people on a regular basis and talking. And you know, one of the things that we hear on a recurring basis from guests is people are afraid to stand up and talk in front of large audiences. It's one of the greatest fears that people have uh, as human beings. And so I'm just wondering for you, is it just something that you've always done? So even in junior high and high school, you always had this ability to stand up and talk in front of audiences, or is it something that you kind of plot and plan in order to be able to do it effectively? Well, it's funny. My, my background, I went to school for graphic design, so I actually did not have a, a background in speaking. Just turns out I started doing promotional marketing right out of, or about a year after college, and it turns out I was good on microphone. But this was a preparation from a long time ago, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> the way that you brought up the question, I, I, I think to when I was in high school, early high school, or actually it might've been middle school, I used to love Michael Buffer, you know, the let's get ready to rumble, that guy. <laughs> I was doing I was doing this in the living room all the time. And I think my mom was a little frightened because she's like, Anthony talks to himself a little bit too much. Fast forward, and I ended up becoming kind of that guy. But I, um, I to this day that I've got, I've honed the craft, I've gotten better at it. I've been really in front of the, the first time I was in front of a crowd over 10,000 was over 10 years ago. And there's an adrenaline rush behind it to say there's no fear would be would be completely lying to to myself and lying to you. But there's a different way to handle that fear. I can see how that would absolutely mortify somebody. Um, but at the same time, it's just it's a it's muscle memory. And it's getting to the point of comfortability. It's getting to the point of understanding that you're not going to be perfect. You're, there's going to be mistakes. You're going to stumble over words. You're going to say, um, here and there. You're going to have to perfect it. The interesting thing is the bigger the crowd to me, the less I'm emotionally tied, the less, uh, the more, the less intimate it is. When I, when I go in front of 10 people in a, in a small room, my heart beats out of its chest compared to being in front of 75,000 people at the Georgia Dome doing a two minute thing for one of the brand sponsors. So ultimately, I've spun from speaking in front of large crowds to going backwards in a sense and giving my own message because I've had this voice for so long that gets crowds excited and gets people to know about the brands that I'm talking about, to know about the kid playing in the home run derby, but not actually being able to make an impact. So there's there's a different level of responsibility. And I will say that does create a little bit of a need for bravery in front of a crowd. It's just a little bit different. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's something that I did not know that I would ever go into, but it's definitely something that was a passion. No training, though. Well, you definitely need a good voice in order to do it. But, you know, something that you wove into your story, which I think is important to our listeners, is the key of practice. Right. When we talk about being brave in the workplace or saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done. It's not just it doesn't just happen the first time that you do it. You know, you have to keep working at it and get better and better. And, you know, perhaps all of us have a bravery muscle that we need to continue to work on and improve to get better and better at being ourselves. Yeah, uh, we have. We, I think there's there's so many different levels of things that I, that we have to overcome. And those it's, it's not just you know motivational speaking, but yeah, anything that we see in front of our path that we know is going to be difficult 
it's, it's going to take bravery. It's going to take risk. It's going to take self-responsibility and ownership to overcome that. So when you think about bravery in the workplace, Anthony, what words or phrases might you think of when you think about being brave at work? Uh, yeah, <laughs> 2020, I, I like to, I keep saying that word of the year, but it's uh, it's created a whole different level of vocabulary in terms of what it means to be brave. Uh, brave bravery is always associated with resilience and trying and, and doing all these different things. But I think this year and the word that I, I like to touch on a lot is agility, be agile uh, and be mobile, be flexible, which I don't think was always associated with the term bravery until possibly this year, because it takes a lot to to change. It takes a lot to evolve and see what's going to be successful. I'm in the event space. And if anybody knows anything about the event space and event uh, marketing and the event world, there is no longer an event space right now. And, and we don't know when it's going to come back. And with Be The Change, the company that I, the company that we've been talking about, I had to look at it. I go, what do I do this year? I don't have events. I don't, I don't have all these sporting events to host. I don't have motivational speaking events that was just starting to really come in. Like, what do I do? So I got became agile and I pivoted to streaming content, which is now how Be The Change has absolutely blown up. We've put ourselves in a position for a much more successful seed funding raise. And it, it's it, it was a risk. It's like I, I could go find something to do from a career perspective to put myself on life support financially, or I could go all in and I could double down on what I believed in, which was which was Be The Change. And so that bravery to me in, in this year, I would associate with agility, flexibility, and, and finding a way to become mobile and learning how to pivot. Well, I love that word agility. Oftentimes when we think about saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done, <clears throat> we think that there's just one way to do it. And if I need to have a conversation with my boss or with a colleague, uh, I plot and I plan you know, how I want to say what I want to say and what I think the outcome would be as if that's the only outcome. And I think it's really great for our listeners to be thinking about this need to be a little bit more open in respect to the conversation, because if you have a goal in being brave at work, there may be multiple outcomes that could help you move forward, not just one outcome. So this need to be flexible and agile as it relates to navigating your way through the workplace with bravery could be very effective. What else, Anthony, any other words or phrases that you might think of when you think of bravery in the workplace? You mentioned three, resilience, flexibility, agility. Well, the other one, and, and kind of the way you said it, I think um, bravery in the workplace can also be associated with self-responsibility. And I'll spin back to even before I had identity marketing. One of the re I, I look at, and this is when I mentor people coming just out of college now, or people even in uh, in college that are trying to look to get their first job and how, how they're going to relate, and you look through how people make their way up if they if they do want to work for a company they don't want to be an entrepreneur and they want the you know the set nine to five or whatever it might be and be successful the ones that make moves the fastest are not the ones that backstab and throw people under the under the uh, bus it's the people that take self responsibility for their mistakes it doesn't always work but their the risk reward is much greater so self responsibility takes a lot to admit when you're wrong and admit when you've made a mistake as long as you can say I won't make this mistake again because I learned this. It's amazing how that will catapult somebody's career because that kind of ownership with the people, maybe not middle management, but the much higher ups, if they get word of that, 
they know that they're human. They know that they've made mistakes along the way. And when they can reflect on that and go, somebody that's willing to own their mistakes, which is a quality that we do not see enough in this world today, uh, is, is something that actually makes you stand above. And I've always, when I was on my first tour doing a, a, a Spirit of Champions for the NCA, that's how I got to meet all these guys. The reason that I became a never been in the industry of experiential marketing to then our team, our manager and our lead MC wasn't just because I was good at being an MC. It was because I, I, I made some mistakes and I go, hey, I was the first one to make a phone call into the, the company. And I said, this is what I did wrong. It's, it was my fault. I'm going to fix it by doing X, Y, Z. And there, that level of self-ownership, people are terrified to admit when they're wrong. That's not just in business. That's in relationships. That's in friendships. And it ruins things for people. This is the ultimate. That's the ultimate bravery. Is, and realizing the cool part about it, you're going to end up better on the backside. You always end up better. Well, you're talking a little bit about something that plays a significant role in bravery in the workplace, which is what's called psychological safety, which is the atmosphere and culture that's created where you can be yourself and that you can say what you need to say or do what you need to do without judgment, without criticism, uh, et cetera. So, you know, I'd love to just dive a little bit, if we can, Anthony, into this area of self-responsibility. And it may sound obvious, but how do you define self-responsibility? I mean, when you think of that phrase, do you have a definition or, you know, what does a self-responsible person look like? Taking ownership for everything you do in life. Uh, every word that comes out of your mouth, every word that comes out of my mouth, every um, every action uh, has, a, has a consequence and, and a reaction. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. People love to say, look at what I did when it all ends up perfect. Um, but the idea behind knowing that sometimes the clay pot that you built is going to implode and taking that as well and saying, look, look at this clay pot that just folded in on the on when I'm doing the spinny kiln, whatever it's called. Uh, it's still part of it's still part of who we are. So self-responsibility defined the best way to say it is taking ownership and all the positives and the negatives in our life and being able to realize what they are so that we can improve upon them in the future. Um, and it's just ownership, self-ownership. So why do you think we live in a world where it's so hard for people to take responsibility for their mistakes? It's funny. I th This is actually a, a full topic that I talk about in terms of risk is we were raised, uh, we were raised, and this is more of my double down speaking side, but we were raised to, to learn that perfection is what we strive for and risks are scary uh, and failure is bad. So you put all of that together and it creates a perfect air for people to be averse to taking that self-responsibility and be afraid to admitting faults and wrongs because we think that we're doing something wrong. Perfection is such a empty goal. It, I mean, it really is. There's, I mean, I, I, I use the relationship of um, perfect games in baseball. It's fleeting. It's temporary. If people pitch a perfect game, it doesn't mean they're going to be perfect the next game. Actually, per, by percentage, the the game before somebody pitched a perfect game and the game after they pitch a perfect game, the, the game before the perfect game is typically a better game than the one after. We let our foot off the gas pedal uh, when ultimately just a, a 
a steady build and a, like ebbs and flows on the way up is is such a more joyful life and just such a more successful and positive journey. But we're afraid. We're afraid to take risks. We were always our parents raised us that way. Our parents raised us for perfection. We had the movie Varsity Blues for people that are in my era that like you got to be perfect. Or was that Varsity Blues? It was another football movie. Um, but it was all about perfection. And and we we feel as though if we are not perfect in the moment that we failed and it's just not the case so i understand why that's hard for people why self-responsibility it's it's hard to admit when we've done something that we've been told for so long is is bad and it's not it's failure is quite positive it can be it can be so i think we've learned some great lessons today from you anthony in respect to looking at things like resilience flexibility agility and really flipping the model so that we know that perfection is bad and failure is good. And it's okay to not do things perfectly as long as you own it and you focus on the future, right? Don't get caught up with the past and how it didn't work, but here's what I'm going to do next time in order to make it work even better. So thank you so much for your time today. And do you have ways that folks can get in touch with you? Yeah, best way, uh, Anthony at doubledownstrategy.com. I always make sure that's my that's my main contact box uh, for emails. So yeah, Anthony at doubledownstrategy.com. And then I hope you guys join us on uh, hashtag be the change. So if you do hashtag be the change.com spelled out hashtag or be the change USA on Facebook, uh, there's always a way to reach out to me on all those places. Well, fantastic. I will be checking it out. So I hope uh, many of our listeners do as well. Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Ed. It was a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.